welcome to this week's episode of the Dramatic Dream Dragons podcast here on the Five Star Network. We are, as always, a podcast all about Dragon Gate and DDT Pro Wrestling, and I am, as always, your host, Sonder Bjorn. With me today, I am joined by Dylan, and Yannick took a break this week after working himself to death to, during Christmas break with all the extra dramatic specials that he did. So we, I got in a friend of mine, Paul Wedding, from my Discord server and a mutual on Twitter. How are you doing, Paul? Hi, Soldier. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Thank you uh, so much for having me on. Looking forward to talk about Dragon Gate and uh, other wrestling going on. And hi, Dylan. Hi, Sandre. Hi, Paul. Great to have you on as a guest. Great to meet you. Hopefully, we got all kinds of cool stuff to talk about. We have a lot of fun today. Uh, since Sandre is on, you know, he's Mr. Fun. That's his nickname, so I know he is going to make it a good day for all of us, and especially all the listeners out there. Yeah, uh, but first, I want to, um, uh, for the listeners who haven't uh, heard, of, heard, of, heard of you before, Paul, uh, can you just explain your fandom of Dragon Gate and why you started watching it? Uh, sure. Yeah, so I guess I got into it right around the time uh, Pack showed up. Uh, that would have been showed back up, I should say, <laughs> back in uh, late 2018, and just his whole reign, uh, and that was kind of my gateway, I guess. That's around the time I got into. Yeah, yeah that's, that's around the time for really general, and um, yeah. you know, I just thought that was great. I just kind of felt for the promotion there, um, and I kind of casually started watching it for a couple years from that point, and then. Once the pandemic started and I had a lot more time, I started following the promotion a little more closely. Uh, and then I managed to watch Final Gate uh, 2020 and the Torimon RED unit disbands match is probably what made me like a like a hardcore, like, I can't miss any show of this promotion anymore uh, kind of follower of Dragon Gate because I just thought that was one of the best matches I've ever seen. And pretty much from that point, I've watched... Uh, Almost every show of, of Dragon Gate that they've had, so that's that's kind of how my fandom got started. Yeah, that 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 makes sense. Um, I know Yannick will definitely agree with that with uh, the tutorial on the unit dispense match being like, oh yeah, that's of course that's what made you like someone that wanted to follow this promotion. Wait, yeah. Um, we are, of course, going to talk about the two Cork and Hall shows from Dragon Gate that started the new year. They always do this each year. They have two back-to-back -back shows in Corkin during the Open the New Year Gate tour. Um, they also had two shows before this, uh, This these two shows in January, but we, we don't really need to talk about them because they... Other than pretty good matches, there wasn't any like big moments that stood out there. So we'll start with the opening New Year Gate show from January 10th in Corken Hall, Masaki Mochizuki's 30th anniversary celebration. This was a show themed around Masaki Mochizuki's 30th anniversary. He, of course, is now 53 years old and he is still going. And as we'll talk about with the main event of the show, he's still going very, very strong. But before I want to start talking about 
this show, I just want to talk. Uh, what are your your guys' favorite Masaki Mochizuki moments? Uh, Dylan, we can start with you. Uh, Mochizuki, he is a guy I always liked in Dragon Gate. You know, just stylistically. Uh, there's been times where I wasn't as big of a Dragon Gate fan, and the times where I I really liked it, but he has always been constant uh, for me. But in terms of best moments, uh, you know, he's had such a long career, you know, been around since, you know, the beginning, pretty much. Um, you know, I think definitely, to me, uh, one of the ones I point to is when he won the title the last time he did, uh, because it was really unexpected uh, when he beat when he beat Yamato. Uh, this was like five, six years ago. Uh, but... I remember him winning. I was so surprised because he was one of my favorites. And that reign was great. Uh, he faced, like, all my guys. Susumu, Big R, Ben K, like, early on. Uh, I think he even faced, like, Ryo Saito at one point. It was, like, a great title reign. Uh, so that, right away, is something that I always point to with him. Uh, I also loved his team with Don Fuji uh, as Team Veteran. Uh, like, they were a great team together. and They did so much cool stuff. Uh, you know, he's just a guy that has brought us so many great moments, great matches. He was lost against Shingo. He didn't win, but that was a great match. Uh, you know, and he's been going at it for a long time. You got to remember, this guy was before Dragon Gate. He was in Super J-Cup, like, all the way in 95, the second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wrestling Romance. Yeah, yeah, that's where he started. Uh, you know, yeah, go back to the 95 J-Cup. He's there, uh, even. Uh, so he did a lot of cool stuff. Uh, and just a, a great overall talent for Dragon Gate. Uh, and, like, those big moments are what I always go to. But even the loss was, like, an amazing thing. But his win was so unexpected. That was a great memory for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love that uh, 2017 to 2018 run for uh, Mochizuki. Like, the Casey match is there, and that's one of my favorite Dragon Gate matches of all time. Oh, yeah, he's a, yeah, he's another one. Like I said, he yeah. faced all the best dudes, practically, in that, that raid. Like, yeah. and a lot of them were guys that would not... I mean, Binke got to be a main eventer, but the others, uh, they really struggled afterwards to really get that kind of big spot, or they were always on the fringes. But he wrestled all of those guys, and I thought he did a fantastic job at all of those matches. Yeah. Uh, Paul, what about you? What are some favorite memories of... Uh... Which is for you? Uh, well, the most recent one would have been his match against Yoshioka, the Dreamgate match in Kaworkin. That's that's definitely that was my match of the year in 2022. One of my favorite matches of his. But I've gone back and watched a lot of Mochizuki from uh, 2005, 2018, some of his past Dreamgate reigns, and yeah, I just think he's like one of the best like, big match wrestlers they have. Some of my favorite uh, Dreamgate, old Dreamgate matches of his have been, like, um, the match against Shima in 2004, and then his matches with uh, Rio Saito, uh, Casey match from 2018, of the course. Against Shima is when he won the title for the first time, right? Uh, the Shima yes, one? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a great match. Um, and then... Uh, Maybe kind of a lesser talked about one. Him and uh, him and the two other uh, members of Veteran Goon going up against uh, Tozawa Juku in the unit disbands match uh, that leads to the break of Tozawa Tozawa Juku. Uh, I love that match. Uh, yeah, I mean the guys have just been going at it, you know, as we've said for fucking uh, over twenty years, 
and uh, just yeah. yeah, I mean, we could just talk about incredible matches that the guys had for uh, you know the next three hours or whatever. Yeah, he like he is a fantastic wrestler. Like I would say, like him and Shingle are the two best uh, Dragon System wrestlers of all time. Oh, for sure. I, I, they might be the two greatest wrestlers of all time, man. <laughs> yeah, just the two greatest ever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I just wanted to mention too on that first title reign. Um, that was honestly like a really big title reign uh, for the Dreamgate and the company as a whole. Uh, if you remember, that was the one that, um, like his title reign during that that era, was the one that main evented uh, the first uh, annual Kobe World Show two thousand five. Do you did you see the match he had on there, Paul? Oh, it was Taka, Taka Michinoku. Hey, it was Taka Michinoku. That yes. was the main event of the first ever Kobe, Kobe World, which was a fantastic match, by the way. Uh, and Taka yes. was still like in his, his prime. Like That was one of my favorite uh, DG matches for a long time uh, when I saw that. But yeah, Mochizuki, the, uh, the first ever one. He was the Dreamgate champ going into it. Uh, and he faced Taka Michinoku. I was looking it up because now I, I don't remember who who ended that reign. Because I remember the reign being really good, but then I looked it up. It was Magnitude oh. Kishiwada that won yeah, that I, won the title for him, which was very funny to think about. Yeah, I've been wanting to see that match for years. It was it wasn't aired on TV. It's on like a DVD that you had to buy in Japan, and I don't think anyone's ever uploaded it. So all we have from that yeah. match is I think we're the last five minutes from an episode wow. of Infinity. I, no wonder I didn't remember. <laughs> like, but uh, hey, shout out to Magnitude Kishimoto, a name from the past in DG. Hey, I mean, you rule still. Dig dig in the archives. Uh, get Jay in the archives to search for the tape, <laughs> so we can have English commentary for that. That, that would be awesome. Uh, there's a lot of Dragon Gate matches to do that with them uh, <laughs> in, in the history. But we will go return to 2024 it, on January 10th. The show itself started off with Big Hug starting the new year off in Korokin Hall, beating Kagetora and Ryo Tanaka when Hyo hit the hunting on Ryo Tanaka after 10 minutes and 48 seconds. Kagetora was very on point there. Like, he was on the mission to just prove that he is going to do something at the end of the month and why he should do it. That's the big thing I have to say about this match was that Kogatora was pretty good. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say similar. Um yeah Kagator's Kagator's just kinda of been hanging out like the last year since high end broke yeah. uh, broke up and he's you know he's a guy who if he's not given something to chew on he kind of just uh doesn't doesn't do a whole lot but now that He's got a Bravegate match match coming up. Yeah, he looked he looked really good in this. Uh, so did so did Tanaka. I thought Ryo Tanaka. Uh, those are the two. Those are the two standouts of the match. Ryo Tanaka is one to watch out for in twenty twenty four. He yeah, of course. I have a feeling that he could he could uh, try and do, reach the heights of Takuma Fujiwara at early twenty twenty two. There. Yeah, for sure. And I love th- if you go back to, like, even back to the stages we were talking about, what you said about Kagatora has been his reputation since even those days. <laughs> like, if he's doing something, he steps up. And if he's not doing anything, then he's could like, it doesn't, like, he's totally replaceable. That's true. Yeah, that's, that's Kagatora. 
Um, but yeah, after the match, Hyo called out Kagetora and said he was pretty impressed by the performance and he wanted to face him in Yokohama Budokan. Kage originally was against it, but then the fans started chanting for him and he said, okay, I'll challenge for the title. So that match was set for Gate of Bayside in Yokohama Budokan on January 27th. Open the Renegade title defense for Hyo, his second uh, defense versus Kagetora. Uh, how do you guys feel about this uh, title match? Yeah, I think it should be good. Um, as long as, you know, Kagetora, I, I expect him to, to stay this good or, you know, to, to try as hard as he was in that Orkin match, probably harder. Uh, I loved I loved his last Brave Gate match, too. Again, I think it was... Um, Oh no! I'm th- his last Brave Gate match would have been SBK. I'm thinking of his final gate match with uh, Okada for the Brave Gate. I loved that match. So, oh yeah, he's had a lot of good Brave Gate matches in the past. So I think he could. Yeah, I think he shouldn't have a problem delivering here. Well, as we know, Hio is Sandre's favorite wrestler on DG. He <laughs> always puts him over every episode. And this is the the dream match. Actually, funny thing, Sandre, when we were talking about uh, Eastern Lariat, uh, Striga w- came at me about Hyo and talked about how we're, I'm not a fan of his. And I said, that's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not. Uh, and I think that I said, like, even on Dream Dragons, we're all not fans of his. So I think Kagatora can deliver in a title match. Hyo, I'm still waiting for that big performance uh, from. And I'm also waiting for him to get better gear. But either way, it's fine. I will talk about uh, Hyo turning it a bit around uh, on the next show, but yeah, uh, the Ratic Dream Dragons are firmly against Noah and Hyo. That we have we have established that in 2023. <laughs> it's a shame that we never talked about Mochizuki's Noah run when she was there for a couple of years, oh, yeah. but not oh, that long yeah. ago. My, my yeah. favorite memory of Mochizuki was when he held the national title for 11 days or whatever. That was so fun. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, let's move on to the next match on the show. Big Boss Shimizu and Jackie Funky Kame of Natural Vibes took on MK, Susumu Mochizuki, and Osushi Kanda. Eight minutes and four seconds. Jackie Funky Kame wins with the Jackie Jack Knife over Yashushi Kanda. The Jackie Knife really is becoming the uh, Jackie Funky Kame's. Uh, what's it called? The. Uh, Genki's move, cool boy from heaven. Yeah, it's it's it can it can beat anyone at any time, and I love it. Um, what do you think about this match, Paul? Yeah, I um, that was my similar thought. Of the, I the match just kind of felt like I mean it was it was fun. Uh, it kind of felt like they were just reinforcing Jackie's push up the card by having him go over the uh, the former the former Twin Gate champs, and so. I like seeing that because I liked uh, I love Jackie. Yeah, I think he's uh, well deserved of a of a push. So yeah, it was a good time for however long it lasted. Yeah, I I had kind of forgotten that uh, Kung Fu Masters were going to challenge for the Twin Gate at uh, uh, Yokohama Budokan, and I was kind of yeah. uh, not happy with Big Boss Shimizu being in this match. I thought this should have been Kung Fu Masters beating MK. Like, that would have added way more momentum behind Kung Fu Masters. That would have been, yeah, that would have been fun, too. Maybe maybe better than this, but, yeah. I mean, this was fine. 
Yeah, yeah, it was it was fun. Uh, MK, as always, is great. Uh, <laughs> they 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 should win the titles back. Uh, but no, uh, Shun came out and invited uh, uh, and invited Jackie to sit ringside uh, for the Hyo match the day after. And that 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 started the trend of this these two shows being a lot of people go try, trying to uh, make Jackie do stuff because. Uh, Casey started well. Yeah, that's something extra. But yeah, Jackie was very popular on these two shows. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the next uh, match was a title match: the Open the Warrior Gate title, big biggest title in Dragon Gate, of course. Landre Muto defended versus Don Fuji, and I have a big question here. Mm-hmm. First of all, this was a double countout after eight minutes and ten seconds. Uh, and uh, Lingerie Muto successfully defends via fan de- uh, decision because they he was the most over. But my big take about this match is how the fuck can Dragon Gate Network be allowed to play Keiji Muto's holdout entrance theme but not play Ultimo, Ultimo uh, Dragon's uh, theme for three years now? Four years. Why? I think they I think they played it for Muto when he wrestled um Stalker on Kobe World too. I'm wondering I I mean Gaura couldn't still have rights to it from when uh when Muto be... was all Japan presidents, could he? That would be interesting. <laughs> oh man, yeah. that is so funny. Like <laughs> I was I was in shock when the, when Landry Muto came out to the theme and I was like okay just letting sure. him come out. Uh but yeah, uh, Fuji had string nets on to counter Landry Muto's power. This was the, the, exactly what you expect from Landry Muto right there. I wish we yeah, could I, uh, we could get normal I liked sound. it a little more than that. I liked it a little more than that uh key guitar match. Oh from, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought this was pretty fun. You know, harmless. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty harmless. So, and uh, like, I always with the Warrior Gate, it brings a different flavor, and that's all, you, all really all you can say. Yeah, for sure. It, Dylan is. Are you back? No, he's still uh, away. So we'll move on to Punch Tomonaga and Ultimo Dragon versus Kai and Gianni Valletta. The debut of Gianni Valletta in Dragon Gate. He is a Maltese uh, wrestler, uh, the godfather of Maltese pro wrestling. Uh, I'm guessing it's a big scene. Uh, But he won this match uh, after 2 minutes and 38 seconds with a King Kong knee drop. Uh, Gianni Valletta basically... It came out like a wish version of uh, Bruce Brody, and that's that's pretty much what this was. <laughs> like it was Gianni trying to be Bruce Brody. Yeah, um, I guess I don't know. Uh, we're probably gonna get into this a little more uh, for Gianni's next match. Yeah, uh, I thought this was. I thought this was fine. I don't know. It was, you know, I'm I'm glad that they didn't try to make him have like an actual match. That, that yeah. might turn me. That, uh, I... that, that is going to be uh, one of the one of the good things about this is that 
most of the matches are just short and get yeah. it they, gets uh, the car you know, going. They just had him come in and basically get his character over, and uh, that was it. And uh, it was, I think it was effective. Yeah, and after the match, um, they Pi was kind of left alone in the ring uh, because everyone else uh, brawled away. Uh, and and uh, Punch, I, I don't remember who else helped Punch hold up Kai, but uh, Ultimate Dragon got, got to do an Ashai DDT on Kai, and Kai, you, you are an MVP for <laughs> helping Ultimate Dragon do that. Because you could see that Ultimo barely made that made it over there for the Yeah, Kai was like an MVP on this on this weekend. I really liked him on both shows. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, then the next match was the the big New Year special ten man tag. I have nicknamed this the the New Year special generational struggle match because that is really what it is. It is. The, the stars of the 2010s versus the stars of the 2020s, it looks like. Uh, BB Hulk, Dragon Kid, Casey, Naruki Doi, and Yamato, all big names during the, uh, the 2010s. Especially as, uh, uh, Yamato, Doi, and uh, Hulk. Uh, they faced off against Ben K, Dragon Daya, Koto Minora, Madoko Kikura, and Strong Machine J. So... Uh, a good chunk of the Rainbow Generation here and Dragon Daya. And this match was a 15 minute and 22 second match. Yamato wins with the Galerea on Kota Minora after a really fun, really, really fun generational struggle. I love this match. <laughs> yeah, I went, I went four stars on it. Um... Yeah, I thought everyone looked great. Everyone, uh, everyone clicked. Um, I love the uh, I love the closing segment with Yamato. Yeah. And, uh, and Kota Minora. I I think you know maybe some people might get upset about Yamato uh, pinning uh, Minora like that. I feel like I thought this match was kind of like meant to be Yamato's like reintroduction into the to being like a main player in a. In Dragon Gate, like he was basically saying, he's like, like he's done fucking around for like the last year that he's been doing that, and I would, I would expect him to be, uh, pretty important over the next year. And I think Coach is going to have a good year. I think it's, I think it's going to be a big year for Coach, even though he got pinned here. And I think he's probably going to get it. I think he's probably going to get a pin on Yamato at some point during this year. Yeah. Um. Like my big thing here is that, I thought this kind of sets up. Uh. A, a story between Yamato and Kota that they can play off for the rest of the year until mm-hmm. like I like my dream here would be like have it have this be like a low uh like mid card uh feud that gets more and more heated until they get the special singles match at at world and yeah. have Kota get the win back there. Like finally yeah, that's definitely a possibility. Yeah that'd be good. Um, oh, I came back and you're all talking about Minora. <laughs> Come on, this 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 generational struggle was awesome. Come on, this uh, the the ten man tag. Oh yeah, yeah. That was good. <laughs> I thought you talking about when he lost to to Daya. That that was the best part. 
Yeah, that was a good one in KV Assault. I, I, I yeah, recommend yeah. everyone to yeah. go back to watch that. But, uh, but no, uh, what did you think about this uh, 10-man tag on uh, Night 1 of Corrigan? Oh, yeah. Uh, I thought that the 10-man tag was really good. Honestly, I, I, with all due respect to, to Minora, uh, I thought that he, you know everybody showed up really well here. Even Yamato, I thought, uh, had some nice spots here. He didn't drag the match down or anything. Uh, here, I thought he looked uh, pretty good, and like these matches are like a, a DG highlight, right? If you go back throughout the years, the the old guard versus the new class or whatever, that is a tried and true DG tag match formula, like multi man tag formula. Uh, and of course, uh, whenever you know somebody like a Ben K is involved, you're gonna get a big spot, big performance. Um, and I thought that again. Like, you know, two guys that I'm not huge fans of, like Yamato and Minora, at the end, I thought they did a great job uh, with what they wanted to do here. So I really enjoyed all of it. Uh, Dragon Daya is really on a good run right now as well in these shows. And I think that uh, they're telling an actual interesting story with Minora as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, you know, I, I like what they're doing with him. Uh, you know, trying to go on this little losing run he's got here. And like you were kind of alluding to, this is something you could build to him going down, 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 and then getting that big win uh, to really kind of refresh and reset where he was at, uh, you know, because DG Endo was not getting it done for me. Maybe they could add a little bit more depth to him here with this stuff they're doing now. So I, I really like it, even though I'm not, I haven't been a huge supporter of his in the past. I like what they're doing with him right now specifically. And I thought he performed well at the end of the tag, the 10 med tag. Such a, it's such a rude compliment, <laughs> or like it's such a rude nickname to him, DJ Endo. Man, come on! It's so tr- it's so accurate though. At the end of the day, what if it, well Endo could be DDT Menora, but that doesn't re- roll off the tongue as well as DG Endo. So you know, unfortunately, he has to get it. <laughs> At least uh, Nagajima or uh, Okada or somebody aren't here to knock Menora out in the middle of a. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's true. <laughs> I guess you're right about that. That's the one thing you can't put on Medora. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, after much, after, again, a fantastic finishing stretch with Yamato and Kota that I, I feel uh, will be something that they go back to through, throughout the year. Uh, Yamato said after match that he is not ready to pass the baton uh, to the next gen and that he wants to continue to uh, he he wants to get back into the the, the run of things, but as Paul said earlier, get back into the main events in a bit. And uh, he he said he respects the new gen, and he offered his hand to Kota, but Kota pushed it away and left immediately, very in a very sour note. And like I feel like this ju- should build to like a big feud between these two on the mid card throughout the year, and I hope I hope it does. And yeah, uh, go go watch this match. Definitely one of the big recommends of this weekend, uh, of these two night shows. But then the next match was a really a really interesting match of Seabrats, Ishin Shinskawuk and Yoshiki Kato going against a a classic heel unit in Torimon history, Aganishu. Shuji Kondo, Toru Washi, and Ta- Takuya Sugawara. This, it's always fun for me. Uh, every time D- DG does these Torimon alumni gatherings. Because 
it's so impressive that they can do it. <laughs> because, like, Toramon, Argonishu was a unit 20 years ago. And here they can still get together and have matches. And I think that's so cool. Like, so few promotions can do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish the match was a little better, but uh, oh yeah, the, the yeah. Are gonna hold it. Yeah. Are you telling me you weren't clamoring to see Sugawara back, Paul? I wasn't clamoring to see Sugawara twenty years ago. Or um... <laughs> that's a good point. What What about Henry Sugawara the Third? <laughs> was that better? Uh yeah, not really. Or or Toru Owashi. You know, he's got a fun theme, but uh, not not crazy about his in ring. Oh. Oh, oh! Now you have heat. Ooh, Sandra, not liking this. Oh, oh, oh slander! What the hell? <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, oh, was the the finish here. Uh, part of the finish here in a lot of this. Like it, it became like a whole match about who can be the better heel unit. Uh, and uh, there was a lot of crowd brawling during this, and a lot of just chaos. And in the end, multiple chair shots from the veterans get them DQ'd. And I, like, it, the, the heat was there, but there wasn't that much uh, of good in-ring work to talk about in this match. Yeah, I just, I hated the finish. Uh, like yeah. you said, not much, not much good in-ring work, and it didn't really lead to anything. I just didn't really, I guess I didn't really see too much of a point to the match. Uh yeah. Yeah. Well, the only point was okay. This is this group from the past, and then there's the current heel group, and they're gonna yeah. fight each other. Like that, that's basically it. <laughs> like that's all there was to it. There was no depth. I had definitely not any good work uh, between the two teams. Uh, yeah, this was pretty. Not my favorite match. I like you know overall to say the least. I, and yeah. like you said, even 20 years ago, I wasn't a fan of this. So definitely not now. I I did really like uh, the 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 whole the. Ref Yagi uh, being saved by Argonish, who, who uh, because they were be- uh, rats were beating up on him, uh, and, and Argonish saved him and and held Ishan up to for him to be kicked by by Yagi. That was that was a good like end to this whole bit. Yeah, that was I'm, that was good. I'm but telling then, you, it would have been better if it was Henry Sugawara the Third and Anthony W. Mori reuniting. <laughs> That would have been better. I'll than this. Be for I'd love to see Anthony W. Mori back in the ring. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, well, he was definitely better of the the team that they had, the Royal Brothers. You're not a huge, you're not a Philip J. Fukumasa super fan. Was, was that his name? Uh, he, he he's another one that you know. It just seems like he was lost to time. I can't believe he didn't become the top star. But so you know, instead we've got. And he, unfortunately, Mori retired early, but he was he was the good one on the team. <laughs> Sure. Then we had the main event of this show, the 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 rematch, the rematch of one of the best uh, in ring rivalries in Dragon Gate history, Masaki Mochizuki's 30th anniversary special singles match, Masaki Mochizuki versus New Japan Pro Wrestling's Shingo Takagi, and goddamn it, Mochizuki, he came out in the gear. In the oh, very similar gear, I, I I don't think it was a, a the exact same, but very similar gear to the the gear he wore in the most like the w- w- most well known Shingo Takagi and Masaki Mochizuki match 
uh, from uh, 2015, the five-star Dave Meltzer match, and Mochizuki came out looking exactly like he did there, and goddammit, that brought so many memories and, like, brought you the vibe that these two were going to go for. And 21 minutes and 21 seconds, Shiko Takagi wins with the Ryukun powerbomb, and this match just shows that these two, who are two of the greatest wrestlers of all time, still are two of the greatest wrestlers in wrestling right now. And one of them is 53 years old. Paul, what do you think about this match? Yeah, that was pretty much the thought I had when I was watching it, was that I felt like I was watching possibly the, the two greatest wrestlers of all time. Uh, I mean, yeah, they just, they just fucking went at it for, uh, you know, 20 minutes, or how long, 21 minutes 21. and 21 seconds. It was, uh, you know, still greatest chemistry as ever. It's, um, I mean, it, it didn't quite reach the levels of um, the 2015 encounter, which is a five-star yeah, match. The, the I didn't thing get about the 2015 one is that yeah. the thing about the 2015 one is that there there was a lot of backstory to that and sure. there was a lot of build up to that <laughs> like there's there's like this is just a special uh, singles match like between two companies sure. uh yeah I just, I, but yeah yeah i just recently rewatched that uh 2015 match because uh jay did english commentary for it recently and uh yeah. if anyone hasn't seen it it's free to watch on youtube so i'd, I'd strongly recommend you know taking 30 minutes out of your day to uh check that out because it's it's one of the greatest matches of all time uh but this was also amazing um i went four and a half stars on it yeah i just i just loved it from uh, start to finish yeah dylan what do you think about the match Oh, these guys sucked. This match was terrible. I hated it. No, I'm just kidding. It was awesome. Like we 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 knew it was great. Uh, these two, the chemistry they have is just off the the charts, and the natural pairing because for a long time, in my opinion, uh, you know, when I first started watching DG, all the way back to DG USA, and all of that, these guys and these two in particular, I always looked at as, as the two that were different on the roster, kind of. Like, the hard-hitting guys, you know, Shingo's more the power junior type of guy in the past. Um, whereas DG, historically, is known for the junior heavyweight action. Nowadays, it's a little different. They've they've really definitely increased uh, a lot of their variety on their roster. But for a long time, it was the, the Luchares promotion that you could have. And these two were the different ones. The hard-hitting martial arts guy and the power guy. Uh, they were always like a great pairing to me, not just in the ring, but also aesthetically. So to see them be together here for this match in a very special circumstance, uh, Shingo, he seems to have gone out of his way to uh, like really keep that link with DG still there, even though he's in the bigger company now yeah. and, and everything. And you really appreciate that on his part, and, and we're grateful that New Japan allows him to do these matches. Um, but to see him in this particular match was so damn good. Um, you know, and this is, a, this is a pairing that just goes back all the way from the very beginning of Shingo's career. You know, you could go back to 2004 and you could find matches with, with Shingo and, and Mochizuki, uh, there. And Mochizuki was probably still in M2K <laughs> back then when, when that, all that started in M3K now, but 
these guys just great chemistry together never really you know you look at their history they've never really been aligned i mean you had like a very brief period with like um the the, the Jungson three they had uh which was like very brief uh like you know 2011 i think things were kind of swirling around then but they've never really been aligned in, in any factions outside of that very brief period and they've always been great rivals great stylistic rivals and here you just see that all come together again Again, what you said is so true. It can't really compare to the 2015 match. But, yeah. but like, if you compare them to everything else <laughs> like going on right now in 2023, oh. I thought that these guys, like, are right at the top of the list, pretty much. Like, this match was right near the top of match of the year so far. Maybe uh, maybe Shingo's other match he had last night might be up there, but uh, this this is right up there to me. Yeah, I mean, this, this has beaten out... Uh, the other the matches from week one for me, like I have this way higher than the matches from week one. Uh, but yeah, uh, we the, the, definitely the best match of week two of uh, twenty twenty four, <laughs> and a great start to Dragon Gate's uh, uh, twenty twenty four. There's so many spots in this match I want to uh, uh, mention. There, there's the, this one spot where uh, Botosuki asks uh, like. Says like, oh, come on, chop me, chop me. And when Shingo tries to chop him, Mochizuki catches his arm and goes into it for an arm uh, arm lock, if we draw arm lock in on the mat. And I that was awesome. I I like that's such a thing that I never see someone do. Like that, and I immediately when I saw that, I was asking myself for Brian Danielson to please face Masaki Mochizuki <laughs> at this stage of both of their careers. Yeah, that could have like five star potential. Uh, Mochizuki, yeah, he's no, he's just incredible at coming up with creative spots like that. I mean, he's been doing it for like twenty years now. It's uh, yeah, it's just it's beautiful to see. Um, it, it's it's like the it's like when he kicked a uh, kicked out of the uh, of the frog splash from Yoshioka by also hitting yes. him. That was the exact spot. I was literally thinking of that spot just uh, yeah. just just a second ago. I, I popped out of my chair when that happened. Yeah, that's amazing. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even at the time, yeah, remember me and Sundry, we, I think we did some kind of review on that on the, the Patreon at the time. Or maybe, we, yeah, yeah. Or maybe we just talked about it. Or maybe we did both. We talked about it and then did, then did, did the review. But I remember that came up and we both marked out huge for, for that uh, when they did it last year and, and Yoshioka's match. Mochizuki's just awesome, man. Like, go, even into his mid 50s, uh, this guy continues to be a great wrestler. And Shingo is just on the next level. In this match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Off the apron, yeah. Uh, on there, that, like that's, uh, and he's got everything, you know. Like I said, he's if you compare him to uh, nine years ago in the 2015 match, yeah, he's aged a little bit. He's a little bit slower on the draw on some things, but he hasn't changed that much, you know. Like it's not like he's way worse. Like all of his moves are got like BB Hulk compared to his 2015 title reign to now is like a completely different wrestler at this point. But Mochizuki is he's still him. He's just a little bit slower. They took a notch down, but he still got it. You know, he's still him at the end of the day, and I you love seeing that. And he can still hit those like insane dives, like the one he uh, flip over the top rope he hit on Mochizuki, or he had a, he had on yeah. Shingo. And his... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, uh, Shingo Takagi winning makes sense. Uh, he, he he is facing John. Mo he was facing John Moxley uh, yesterday, actually, 
we are recording on the 14th and he wrestled Moxley in in Battle Battle in the Valley. Uh just real quick about Chingo. Did did either of you to watch uh, the Mox match yesterday? Uh I did. Uh I I did to be honest, I didn't really care for it. Uh I thought it was okay. It's uh you know, Shingo, he must have, like, Onita on the fucking brain or something, because he did, I mean, that was, he basically wore an Onita tribute gear yesterday, and then he finished off Mochi with the Thunderfire powerbomb. Yeah, that's a good, that's actually a good point. Well, it was obviously because um, Moxley's such a cosplayer of Onita. That, that, that was, oh. like, another thing that they, they pulled in there. Um, I thought that match ruled, to be honest with you. I, I, I thought it was a great match. Uh, you know, like I said, another one you could put in Shingo's resume uh, once again. Uh, Shingo's just, he's on one right now this year. It feels like he's a guy who's like, in his home promotion, he's really been a background player the last year. Yeah, You know, he's been largely a king of pro wrestling stuff, and making that fun, uh, you know, I mean, listen, you can only have so many triad matches, which were awesome. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, but they kept him away from big things here, yeah. and even at this moment, he's like, this, it wasn't like this match really meant that much or anything like that. But he did great in it. It was mainly just to set up Moxley going for the title uh, in New Japan. But still, Shingo was awesome. I thought that I thought he did great in that match personally. I I think I think my my thing was I I would have preferred to have just seen the two have like a normal wrestling match. Like I love their G one match, but. I don't know, maybe if I go and do it with, with fresh eyes and just take it as it is, I might appreciate it more. But, yeah. Oh, I have not no, seen it. That's a good point. Because I was asleep, of course. And I was I would not be way, uh, staying up to watch a American New Japan show. I'm sorry. I don't trust them enough for to do that. But yeah. You, you, uh, you didn't. Outside of that. that. <laughs> Well, I got a spoiler alert for you right now, Sandre. I guarantee you, you'll never believe this. So I'm about to ruin your life with this. Moxley yes. bled in this match. Oh I just want to God. point that out. That is the most shocking news I've heard. <laughs> I, I know you can't believe this, but I had, to, I had to reveal it. I had to expose it to the world right now. That's almost as shocked as, uh, as I am when I heard with, uh, that Okada phoned it in in the main event. But yeah. <laughs> Um, back to Dragon Gate. After this match, Shingo Takagi took to the mic and basically said, said it was good to be back in Dragon Gate. And uh, it, it, there's a lot of cool matches he could do here, but there, but he really wants to face uh, Motosuke's son, Motosuke Junior. Um, Motosuke Junior uh, did uh, accepted that he was going to get better and get ready to face him in the future. So that is definitely something that will happen in the future. Hopefully, it seems. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like begging on, for Paul. that match. I, uh, I, I think it will happen. I don't know if it'll happen soon, but I, I hope within like the next, you know, within the next year, maybe at Final Gate or something like that. I, I, yeah, I would, I would, I would just love to see those two get in the ring together. I think, I think it'd be incredible. Well, with the Mojisuke Junior news the day after, we will. Mm-hmm. We'll see when he is able to do it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Dylan, uh, do you want to say anything more about Night One in Corkin? Um, uh, you know, Mochizuki delivered as a, a booker, I would say, at the very least here. Uh, both the tag and the main event were what you want to see. The rest is really not 
that important, and some of it was kind of bad, but you it's were, okay. You were away uh, during while we talked about Lunger Muto versus Don Fuji. What did you think about that match? Uh, it wasn't my favorite, but I can never completely dislike anything with Don Fuji. And, you know, Lingerie Muto, quote-unquote, is, like, w- one of my favorites ever. Just in this scenario, for the comedy match, it was fun and lighthearted, and I guess y'all liked it, but it wasn't my favorite. You, I would advise people to skip it. <laughs> I was totally fine with it also, so that's... Um, what about, what do you think about Valletta? We'll talk more about Valletta. Oh, okay. But yeah, um... What day I forgot to mention the attendance and night one here in Corican did 1,485 fans and it did look like the, 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 the fullest Corican it had in a long time and the crowd was pretty hot for the whole show actually so pretty good, sure. pretty good thing here and uh, of course shout out to Lady C who also was the, the star represent, representative in the in there, uh, I think she uh, Stardom sent flowers to her to Mojizuki, and she was the one give, delivering it. <laughs> and that makes sense because we all know that she really loves to go to these uh, Dragon Gate shows. I think there's like a. What do you think? I think I think there's like a fairly large amount of uh, Stardom or Joshi wrestlers who were inspired to get into wrestling through Dragon Gate. Oh Gage, yeah. So. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. There there sure are. Uh, <laughs> Jay had a great line during the Kota Minora entrance at this uh, d- during the ten man tag when Kota gave the rose to a a, a little girl like a kid, and <laughs> Jay said, "Oh, that's a future Stardom wrestler right there." Yeah, yeah, that was good. <laughs> very, very on point, Jay. What were you gonna say, Dylan? Uh, just, uh, who do you think Lady C's favorite was? Oh, Kota uh, Minora, I guess. I, I, I will always guess that Kota Minora is, is uh, the favorite for women. He did. She. He didn't give her the rose though, so she might be jealous. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Oh, she's jealous of this child. Yes. Yes. That makes perfect sense in wrestling. Have you not seen how petty wrestlers are? <laughs> that is true. Um. Then we move over to night two in Corkin, open the New Year Gate 2024. Uh, on the 11th of January, I'll say now the attendance write off uh, 1,010. Hey, maybe, yeah, I, that, that looks believable. Um, the show opened up with vibes coming out and Casey immediately asking, hey, Jackie, you're very popular right now. What what are your plans? Are you still with Natural Vibes? Like, what is going on there? And uh, Jackie said he is just he he's just going to watch the main event and he's going to try to beat Luis Monte in this in their singles match. That's the only thing he's doing today. And uh, K- Casey also said that him, SMJ, and Boss will beat whoever wins the Triangle Gate title match, and that of course was set up earlier. Uh, in week one of uh, the year, when at K- at the KBS Hall show, Casey, SMJ, and Boss ch- uh, said that they want to face the winners of the Triangle Gate match because SMJ wants to be in a big title match on uh, in in his hometown and at Yokohama Budokan. And of course, we'll see uh, who we'll talk about who won the Triangle Gate match later. 
Uh, but yeah, that was the opening segment. Um, I I like that they kept the they kept the story of the of of the show going here because of course this the big story of this show was who who, who will Jackie align with? Um, I got a big kick out of Casey. Uh, I think he asked uh, Kame. He was like, "You're just you're just going to be at ringside for that match to watch, right? Right?" It's very like it came yeah. out very insecure. I was very amused by it. Yeah, I I really like this. Like Casey, be, not really sure if Kame was still with vibes or not. Um, but then opening match: Gold Class, Ben K, BB Hulk, and Kota Minora versus D Courage, Dragon Daya, Madoka Kikura, and Ryoya Tanaka. Why did this opener have to go so so good? Like this is my second favorite match on this show, I think. My maybe uh, my third, uh, but yeah, th- this was really fun. I thought this was so fun. Um, ben K wins with a spear over Ryoya Tanaka after nine minutes and thirty one seconds. And uh, Tanaka, what a guy! Yeah, you know, I think I was just watching it. Um... And just thinking to myself, I, I think D-Courage might be the best, like, working, like, trio or uh, quartet when there's four of them uh, going today. They're just so fluid, yeah. and they just, they complement each other perfectly. And it's insane, because, you know, uh, Hanukkah's only been in the group for, like, two months. And he already, I and immediately, that, that first amazing uh, eight-man match, it's like he just fit in perfectly. So it's just... Yeah, it's just astonishing to see how, how good they all are to get it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and, like, I've I've always said this about the courage that um, when it was Daya, Kikura, and Yoshioka, they were, like, the best trio you could you could find and mm-hmm. throughout 2023. And I, if they ever get, like, a long Triangle Gate run, I, I will be pretty high on the courage on the whole who is the best unit of all time in Dragon Gate <laughs> just yeah. in, because of in-ring work um, and yeah, uh, Dylan what do you think about this opener? Yeah, for a second I thought you were going to say why did this go so long and I was like no way this match was ruled uh, on there. but yeah, this was really good uh, obviously the courage just a great team Tanaka one of the best rookies going, you know, he just came around half halfway through last year, but this is a guy that is going to be a player, and I just love his in-ring work. Uh, Dai and Kikuda, all three of them have worked together ever, ever since Tanaka joined. It's a hand-in-glove fit. Gold class all fit together. Just a great dynamic between the two teams. It totally worked. It was a really strong match. Uh, definitely up there as one of the best matches on the show. Yeah, and... Uh... We have passed now. Uh, at the time of the sh- of the show, we weren't uh, there yet. But now we have passed the two year anniversary of D Courage forming. Uh, it, it, and s- soon we will have uh, passed the two year anniversary of Gold Class forming. So these two units are two uh, two units that are now two years old and. Gold class, of course, took a bit uh, to get going, to get to the to get popular. They were a kind of mixed unit at the start, and D Courage, like when they were just the tag team, they were great. And then they added Kikura, and they got even better. And now they're now they have Tanaka, and they will just keep being better. So yeah, I 
it's it's cool to see uh, that these two units are doing really well right now. Definitely two of my favorite units in the company. And I, I honestly just want more members to the teams, <laughs> to the units, because they, there's a lot of there's a lot of units who, who could use more muscle. And these two units are going to stay around, so yeah. But yeah, I've been saying that for like uh, I've been saying that for like a year about the the units. I'm I'm getting pretty tired of the these four three four man units. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think almost every unit except maybe vibes could use like one or two more guys. Yeah, I agree. Uh, then we get to the singles match uh, of Daiki Onoguchi getting murdered by Gianni Gianni Valletta. Didn't even go a minute. Forty six seconds. King Kong knee drop to Daiki gets the win for Gianni Valletta. Uh, Daiki Yanaguchi did not get in a single move. Uh, it was just a complete beat up of him, and at least it was very short. Yeah, you didn't even see. Did he even do his? He almost always starts his Corkin matches with like a big tope to the outside. I, uh, he I he did the tope. I think he did. He did. Yeah, because okay. because uh, Gianni does this like uh, as I said earlier, rich version of Bruiser Bodhi's entrance where he runs through the crowd and all that. And I think when he got to ringside, uh, Daiki was just tired of waiting for him to get to the ring, so he jumped uh, dove at him. And but uh, like really quickly after that, like he got sent into the ring and beat up, and the match start- started and was quick. Uh, Dylan. You didn't give your opinion, or you couldn't get your give your opinion earlier about the Gianni Valletta match. But now, what do you think about these two Gianni Valletta matches? What are you interested in seeing more of him? Oh no, I know he sucks, so I I don't want to see him ever. But he is definitely he likes Bruiser Brody. Yeah. I mean, that's that's all we got to see really here. Uh, you know, I have years of watching him in all Japan to fall back on, but what about you? What, what did you think? Again, I, I'll just go again. I, I don't... Like, right now, if this is all he does, I am fine with him being here for a month. Yeah. But if he starts having, like, 10-minute matches, I think I'm going to be very sick of him. Like, well, I, they, they... It's clear I, that they know... Like his limitations, and like yeah. that, that's why this is go, going on here. So I mean, it's smart how they're using him, but I mean, there's nothing more you could do other, other than this. Really, I guess maybe build up to some kind of one-off deal if they wanted to do that, but that's about as far as I can go with it. Like have him squash people, get a title shot, and then go. And like that's a fine role for him if you're going to bring him in. I just don't know if it really does anyone any good. Oh, I would not want to see him versus Bonte. That would. not I would just be afraid during that match. Uh, yeah, uh, I've looked like at what he did when he was in all Japan, and all of that sounds horrible. Like looking at those matches sounds ter- terrible on paper. I feel bad for him because, like, he came from a place where there was no great training to be had or like any great wrestling to be done. He really is blazing a trail for a very small community. So, of course, he's not going to be, like, very sound, you know, like, as a wrestler. Uh, but he's got size and he uses it. But, that, yeah, as a, and there's just no way he was going to be good. And he's not. So I, I, I feel bad for criticizing him almost. 
because it's not like he came up through the dojo system or anything like that. He came from a place where there is no wrestling, and he was trying to break through and do his own thing. And I think that's I think that's worthy of praise on a human level. But as yeah. an analyst and looking at how he wrestles, there's no way he could be good, and he's really bad. <laughs> so it's just it's a tough situation. Well, we saw when uh, when Monte first showed up in Dragon Gateway back in uh, 2019. He wasn't he wasn't great himself, but that's uh, you know the dojo turned him into a super worker. You guys think we could see a similar situation here if 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 Gianni sticks around, maybe get some dojo training and he could become uh, you know a worker. I, I I don't think I want this kind of character around for three years in <laughs> in Dragon Gate. <laughs> like honestly, I I like I don't think he fits this company at all. Yeah, like, no, this, I... this, this gimmick fits all Japan a lot, but I don't think it fits Drangate at all. <laughs> For sure. D- Diamante, I had watched him like seven, eight years before he came to Drangate. He was the CMLO guy. Uh, and he fell out there and, and kind of drolled, the, the, drolled through the Mexican Indies. Diamante, when he came in, faced a similar problem to what Sandre's talking about, and that he didn't really fit. When he came in, he had to find that. But Diamante was 1,000 times better as a wrestler than Valletta is, ultimately, like with his training. And I think that it's going to be tough for Valletta to overcome a lot of his deficiencies outside of a role like this. And perhaps for this thing, again, if you can build up to one big match for him, the fact that he's such a bad fit can work in his favor almost like he, he'll stand out by doing something radically different and but i don't think there's a long-term hope for him I, like it would have to be a short-term plan and i think you could if you're smart about it you can get one match out of him and if you do more than that i think you're going to be facing a lot of problems so like i just don't think he can do it unfortunately and i feel yeah. bad for him like i said but I, that that's just the reality of the situation i, I would argue even as somebody different which i think they've DG has specifically tried hard to do. Like, again, it's much more, there's much more variety on this roster than there was 10 years ago in DG in terms of styles. But for him specifically, I don't think, see any path to success uh, for him in the system. Who would you guys want to um, see get the Gianni rub if you could choose someone to, uh, to beat him and kick him out of Dragon Gate? <laughs> um, Jackie. Like he's oh, beating, yeah. he's beating like all, all of the guys that have similar styles to Jackie. So why not just do Jackie? Like he, yeah. he's like the the show right after this, which was a a house show, so it wasn't on the network. Uh, uh, I've seen the YouTube, uh, like the three matches they uploaded on the YouTube, and one of them is like tw- uh, thirty seconds of him destroying uh, Kaito Nagano, and like that's the. The only thing about the match, like, it's it's fine. <laughs> it would have to be like to me, whoever wins the title match at the end of the month. Like, let that be the, his big first defense. You know, you put this big monster guy up. If it's Shun, or if Monte wins, you can do the same thing there. You yeah, give him something different. Fifth, that would be like a twenty-minute match of Gianni Valletta. Oh, but no matter who he faces, it's going to be bad. <laughs> like so, like, I I have no hope or expectations for a good match. No matter who, like it could be the best worker that you could find. 
uh, and I still think it'll be bad. So I would rather just put over your champion and give him like let that be something. Hey, I beat the giant guy like on there. Maybe like if, maybe Yoshioka if they wanted to rebuild him a little bit or Kakuda. Like okay, they don't have the title, so put one of those guys in there. And let him be the one to slay the giant. Uh, pretty much if you wanted to do that. And, and I, I just I don't think there'll ever be a good match with him. No, no matter who it is, I'm sad to say I feel bad again, but. Just being honest. Those are all, those are all good options. Uh, if I had the pencil, I'd like to present an alternative. Uh, I would uh, choose as the man to banish Gianni from Dragon Gate. I would book Konamama Ichikawa. Oh my god, that sounds perfect. The <laughs> biggest win of his career. <laughs> that's a, that sounds like a perfect plan right there. Well, when you think about it, though, they've they've given Kanda and Punch Tamanaga rubs in the last year. So why not go pet down the legacy? Uh, you you could have said Sachioko boy, but unfortunately uh, he got squashed already, so it can't be yeah. him. Uh, may, maybe Problem Dragon is the one, but the only other run less, left beside him is um, Konamama Ichikawa. So I think if they continue based on their booking pattern of the last year, he is a viable candidate. Well, at Yokoma Budokan, he is facing UT. Uh, maybe give UT finally a win. <laughs> I, uh, I wish. <laughs> no. Uh, let's get on to the next match. I'm done talking about this guy. Uh, <laughs> the next match was Yamato and Punch Tominaga versus Naruki Doi and Shuji Kondo. Punch Tominaga gets pinned by Naruki Doi after 8 minutes and 10 seconds uh, when he falls to the Bakatari sliding kick. Um, yeah, the punch, the punch push is definitely way over. And um, here, the big thing I I remember from this match was punch doing a matrix dodge, which was awesome. Yeah, I was gonna say I think that that might be the coolest spot that punch has ever done. <laughs> yeah, it might it might actually be. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely the most I... like impressive because I did not see it coming. <laughs> Oh, yeah, totally. I will say in Fire Pro, they have that as a part of his moveset. So, uh, the Matrix dodge. So, oh, uh, really? <laughs> yeah, the, on my download of him. It's a custom move, so I had to put it in there. But that is there, and he brought it out here. And like you said, the punch run, it was good for a couple of months, and now back to the status quo, unfortunately, for punch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was it. Went a little long for me. I wish it was a few minutes shorter. There were there were some cool spots. Uh, another spot that I I really liked for that match was uh, Yamato like was giving Punch a monkey flip to like launch him like a missile to uh, into Doi. But then Shuji just fucking comes and just just shoves him out of out of the way in midair. Punch. It was uh, it was it was like a pounce in midair. It was uh, yeah. I really liked that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we can get on to the next match. Not really much reason to stay here. Another a ten man tag. Here it was Natural Vibes, KC, Big Boss Shimizu, Strong Machine J, Jason Lee, and UT versus Team Torimon. They weren't officially called Team Torimon, but they are kind of just Team Torimon. Uh, Ultimate Dragon, Don Fuji, Genki Horiguchi, Kenichiro Arai, Ariken was back, and Kagetora. Kagatora, of course, uh, wins over UT with a Gurumankare uh, after 12 minutes and 41 seconds. Uh, pretty much there to give uh, Kagatora some momentum for the Hyo uh, match. Uh, 
This wasn't as good as the the other ten man tag. No, no, no nowhere near. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always like seeing Oregon in a uh, in Dragon Gate, but uh, yeah, this this wasn't like an outstanding match or whatever. It was it was fine. Not out Genki Oguchi was trying to do like uh, Strong Machine J's post uh, breakdowns pose. That was awesome. Love Genki. <laughs> But yeah, let's go get on to the next match. Uh, because we really don't need to stay there. Luis Monte versus Jackie Funky Kame. Man, these two have some of the best chemistry you can find. Jackie Funky Kame loses after 10 minutes and 48 seconds to the Volta Finale. I, I thought this was really good. Really, really good. And... It's another proof of how great Jackie Funky Kame is, and another proof of uh, Luis Monte's best opponent in Dragon Gate being Jackie Funky Kame. Uh, what did you guys think about this match? Uh, I liked it. Um, I thought it was good. I just, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I would have booked it. I, uh, yeah. I mean, even if it was good, I just, I'm not sure. It's. I'm not sure it's the best look for Monte uh, at at this point to um to beat Kame like this. And I thought he yeah. got a little too much. I thought he got a little too much time where he was just like dominating Kame. I mean, uh, I Kame did. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. There's there's one spot in in this match where uh the, the, the uh, Luis Monte is uh, is like for uh, standing on. Uh, Kame's head yeah. and like being very dick, very like heel dickish, and I don't think that fits for the uh, like new version of him right now. Like that doesn't yeah. fit at all for this ba- baby face dream gate champion that is kind of supposed to be. It goes to show how little you understand the dynamics of Big Hug, because what he was doing was giving him the rare invocation of the foot hug technique there. So it was really an act of friendship that he was trying to do there, not not heelish at all. <laughs> match but, uh, was good, the, uh, I thought, but I yeah yeah I I agree with what you were saying, Paul. I thought the match was good, um, and I I do agree with what you were saying though about. Uh, the idea of these two fighting now, and especially in such a match that, you know, it, it didn't really mean that much in the grand scheme of things. It wasn't like a main event or a title match. Uh, you know, I don't know how far they, they want to go with Jackie to put him in these main event scenarios, but it's kind of like, just in this situation, I, I would really like them to get behind JFK a little bit more instead of him just being the fall guy here, because, you know, he's an interesting character and a great worker. Obviously, and I I don't think they're getting enough out of him right now in a match like this. Even though I I agree with Sandre, their chemistry is really good. The match was good, but I also agree with what you were saying as well. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. It's like if you're gonna push the guy, I think you gotta push the guy. It's uh, yeah, yeah have him have him get wins, not be dominated. The um, if you're gonna book this match, I what I would have what I would have uh used as the template for this match was the. Diamante Takuma Fujiwara Korokin match, which was just like seven minutes of nonstop action before yeah. uh, Fujiwara gets put away, and I, I would have loved to see uh, something similar uh, here. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree there. Uh, it's kind of like why is Monte beating up on this guy that he's supposed to try and recruit? Like, I, <laughs> yeah, like why would Jackie jo- try like hug Big Hug now after this match? <laughs> it's like it's got like- two like. 
Like he's got two abusive lovers who are trying to court him between Monte. And yeah, Monte. and like, why would he come through either of them? Like, I'll bring that up later, but yeah, <laughs> it's 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 a bit dumb, uh, in my opinion, right? Uh, that part of the story, and uh, yeah, we move over to uh, shout out. Uh, like this match had a lot of great spots, though. Like we, I, we have to shout out yeah. that, and like. The tornado Kubrada sure. that he that uh, Kame did was just amazing, mm-hmm. uh, and was I was not expecting it. Uh, but yeah, let's get on to the open the Triangle Gate title match: Seabats, Kai, Ishin, and Yoshiki Kato defending against M3K, Masaki Mochizuki, Susumu Mochizuki, and Yasushi Kanda. This was. The first successful defense for the Seabrats team. Kato won after 12 minutes and 23 seconds with the authorized Genosuke clutch. I uh, I thought this match was pretty decent, pretty fun. Nothing nothing special. Um, I thought this just kept the story of uh, Kato going. And of course, uh, the, the, the deep push... Of the push we saw Kanda get last year. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Paul, what do you think about this trying to get like much? Uh, I think I, I think I liked it a little more than you. I, I didn't, uh, I wouldn't go like four stars or anything. But I thought, I thought it was good. I was never like bored with it. Um, and I thought, I thought Kai looked really good. I liked him. I liked, I liked uh, Susumu, and. Uh, yeah, nothing, nothing incredible, but I, I thought uh, it kept my interest the whole time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, of course it did not, but yeah, Dylan. It had its moments, but I'm probably closer to Sandre. Uh, I didn't think much of this match, and and I really didn't think M3K was going to win the titles anyway uh, on oh. here. So it, yeah, it, it just kind of. It was a match that went along. It was like a bridge match. We had the the hotness of the prior match, even though I do agree with some flaws and booking wise. I thought the match itself, they JFK is such a talent that I always love watching him. This match kind of bridged us towards the main event. I, I would say so. I would say it was acceptable, but not exciting or anything. I would go back to watch personally. Yeah. Uh, of course, after this match, it was confirmed that. The two Yokohama Yokohama hometown boys, Kai and Strong Machine J, will both be in a big match on Yokohama Budokan on Gate of Bayside because the big the big point here was that Natural Vibes, Casey, uh, Strong Machine J, and Big Boss Shimizu all came out and said, "Okay, we're next. Uh, we we have already dipped the Yokohama Budokan uh, match and." Uh, we we look we look forward we will look forward to try and help SMJ win the title in his hometown, and they they pretty much their whole promo was very very Kai versus SMJ here, uh, so yeah makes sense. But both of the home, Yokohama uh, hometown boys will aiming for a hometown victory. Uh, one of them is going to get the classic WWE hometown loss, however. Who will it be? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think Zebrads are going to be holding on to these titles for uh, for a while longer. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I think that. But it's it's cool, uh, cool, cool match. I I I think that could be better than this match. Uh, the uh, with MGK. 
But then, after Seabats and Vibes had left, MGK was still there, just uh, doing stuff. I, I guess just waiting, because they had big announcements they, them as well. Uh, Mochizuki announced that at Gate of Bayside, Mochizuki Jr. will return to the ring. And then, on the February Corkin, uh, M2K will have their last match as a unit because Mochizuki Jr. will be going overseas on excursion. And he justified this by saying the goal of M2K was always to get Jr. Uh, to be ready to be a pro wrestler. And with him now going overseas, Senior think M3K has served his purpose. And it has helped him get to, the, to where he needed to be. And now he will be going on an excursion. Uh, he is already booked and confirmed for the WXW 16 Karat Gold Weekend. Uh, not as a participant in the 16 Karat Gold Tournament, but just to work that whole weekend there. For, there. I hope that means that he will be in Ambition, because that would be awesome. Uh, and he is also confirmed to be in Brit King Pro, uh, the Brit Rest uh, promotion that came out of nowhere. <laughs> but yeah, this is cool. I, I, Of course, M2K ending makes sense. They were they. If we had done a predictions before the show, uh, before the year started, that would have been like a, a like this is most likely to happen <laughs> kind of prediction. And yeah, I, as soon as they dropped the twin gate belts, I was like, this this can't unit can't be yeah. long for this world. It's fine. Yeah, and I I, I think the, the the justification for why it formed and why it's ending just makes sense. And for I'm sure. really happy about it. Yeah, I'm, and I'm a, yeah. Who do you guys, who do you guys want to see uh, Junior mix it up with in in Europe? Because I've got I've got a couple names. I want to see him because Ozawa is going to be heading over there right around the same time, and they had amazing. I thought they had amazing chemistry at that uh, Booyadin show. So I'd love to yes. see them have another single match. And also, someone who works in Europe a lot is uh, Shigehiro Irie, and I think uh, I think that would be pretty awesome if he could get in there with Junior too. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, uh, Dylan, what do you think about all this? Well, I don't have any real interest in watching Brit Res in general, uh, so I can't say that I'm a, a big we're, fan we're, of this. We're talking about German res, okay? First of all, first there's it's German res. <laughs> True. I mean, but he's going to be in the in England more. Like he's yeah, there for yeah, this one weekend. He's we don't even know what match he's going to be out of there. What if what if his excursion was just he's there to watch? Like he's not even there to wrestle that much. He just wants to watch in different <laughs> countries. Um, then but WXW would be doing false advertising then. I guess so. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I don't know. I can't wait for him to get back. I don't care about the excursion at all. And hopefully he does good things when he comes back. Uh, what about uh, M3K ending? Like y'all said, once they lost the titles, I mean, they, they like Mochizuki had said, it served its purpose, ultimately. So I don't have any strong feelings. It was a nice nostalgia run that they had to bring this gimmick back, help out uh, the son. Hey, will he get his full name back when he comes back instead of Mochizuki Jr.? Is that going to be the purpose of the excursion? Uh... Maybe I think so. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, Ryoto Mochizuki. 
I, I think that. Yeah. I, I, I would prefer if he went by real to Mochizuki. So. Maybe yeah, me too. As long as they don't do a WWE and just take away his last name, because that just that is does not work at all. He's just junior <laughs> now. Maybe he'll just be all caps Mochi when he joins uh, Zebras or whatever heel unit we have by then. <laughs> oh, I don't want him to come back as a heel. I I really don't want that. Uh, I think we need to take a yeah. Go on. Given the timing of his excursion, he's coming back in late May, so we're going to be past dead or alive. That's pretty much the build at Kobe World. Do you think that's where we're getting junior versus senior at Kobe World? Good possibility. I could totally, yeah, I could totally see that. I would prefer. Well, I mean, if just for them to have a match, I I think that's totally cool. If you have nothing better for for him coming back, I think that's totally fine. I would prefer them start off as a tag team when he comes back, like because they never really achieved their goal of getting the titles. And even if they don't win the titles, I want them to build to that shot, and then you could jump to the the turn. Uh, I, I think it would be. I would rather them have some build to him turning when he comes back rather than just bam, he's back and automatically heal. Why would he do that? Nobody knows. He just left, and now he came back as a bad guy. Yeah. I'm never a big fan of those kind of turns. I think there you could build more actual logic to it yeah. with a team. But as just as a singles one-off exhibition match, and maybe as a part of the story, a step in the story, or maybe even you have a turn after the match, like let's say uh, Mochizuki wins, uh, Masaki wins, and then that sets Junior off. I could totally get behind that. Yeah, but I would, like, yeah, that yeah, would yeah. make sense. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't want him to just run in like his first appearance is attacking Masaki I, I, or something like that as a part of Z-Brats. I want them to build to that a little bit more, just to give some logic to it. Sure. Yeah. And uh, since uh, since the show happened, we have now found, found out what will be the, the final M2K match and Mochizuki Jr.'s excursion send-off match. It is what we all expected it to be, of course. Like, the... the this just makes sense. Uh, it is the match I spoke, I asked for for about like six. The whole title reign of Susumu and Kanda, I asked for this match, and they are delivering it here when they are not the champions. Uh, Susumu, Motosuke, and Yasushi Kanda, MK versus Motosuke Jr. and Masaki Motosuke, father and son. February 7th in Corrigan Hall. I would presume that gets the main event slot. And I yeah, it's possible. It. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it. Um, where do you guys think they're going? How do you think they're going to book it? Do you think is because I could see Junior eating the pin before he goes out on excursion, but also I don't know if maybe they want to give him give him a rub there over the previous Twin Gate champions. I don't know how they're going to do it. I'm not going to always take the pin, but that that would be like the biggest win of Junior's career so far, even yeah, yeah. even if it's Honda. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, that could that could work. I would I would be interested in that. What what if Conda turns? Like this is his big turn to Zebrats, never mind Junior. <laughs> oh, oh okay. I actually think that uh, there's a good chance of M3K being the final unit for all of these guys except Junior. Uh, I agree. <laughs> I, I really don't I really don't want to see Conda as a, as a heel ever again. I'm I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> true, true. And uh, I, I just think that all of these guys are just going to be the uh, part of the unaffiliated home army after this, uh, except Junior, of course. Like Junior has to be in a unit, but 
all of yeah. these other guys uh, are like they're all nearing the end of their careers. Like I, I have been waiting for Kanda to announce that he's retiring, like ever since they dropped Twin Gate. I actually expected it before they even had their like Renaissance run, <laughs> and now, uh, yeah. But yeah, I. Well, I mean, twenty years ago, so you've been waiting a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I am, um, I'm definitely looking forward to this. Uh, but yeah, we'll get on to the last match from these Corkins to talk about Kyo versus Shun Skywalker, the 2016 classmates. Shun Skywalker wins with 60 uh, after 60 minutes and six seconds with a moonsault double knee drop. And I can firmly say, this is the best uh, Hyo singles match ever. Yeah, it's up there. Um, you know, I also I was I was probably the high man on Hyo and SBK at Kobe World, and I really liked uh, I really liked his match with Menorita. Uh, but this is probably a little better than both of those for me too. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd say this is the best match. Um, did not expect. Did not expect Kyo to get this over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dylan, we'll start here with you to get your big thoughts about this match. Did, First of all, what get... Paul said is yeah. Paul said is totally true. Uh, Hyo is very over, um, and he has been for a while. And I thought Shun was excellent as a heel, like you know, to really push this forward. It was a great pairing because it allowed the fans to buy into him uh, in a way that they've been doing already, even with some lesser, you know, Zebrats members and stuff that he's been going against. But against the big guy of the group, obviously, that takes it to the next level. Did Hyo wrestle any better? No. I, I thought he was totally, like, uninteresting in this match, to be honest with you. Like, whatever good was in this was because of Shu's great heel work and the fans, which are carrying him on his own. I wish the fans would get behind. Like, if JFK was in Hyo's position, like, I feel like we would have so much better things to to get in all of these matches, and we'd be talking about, like, there was somebody like him in this position with Shun, with his performance, and the fans rallying behind him. This would be, like, a, you know, one of the better matches of all year, like, in my opinion. But with Hyo, it was like, oh, okay, this is, like, a three-star match. Like, maybe three and a half. Like, I, I, didn't think he, I didn't think he really delivered nearly as much as Shun did. And, like I said, the fans are buoying, uh, buoying him, and I agree, and I agree that he is over. I cannot deny that, but I don't think he wrestles good, ultimately, like, no matter what, how popular he may be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've, I, I honestly thought this was pretty, pretty great for him. I, I thought the, to the tope did was uh, really great. There was a lot of good stuff in the finishing stretch here for me. I, I think I just got really invested in this match. Uh, yeah, like anybody could have done that tope like on the roster. Like It wasn't that special, well, in my opinion. Yeah, that's true, I guess. <laughs> I would say we're, we're grading by the heel curve here, but like if you grade him compared to everyone else on the roster, that's where it exposes where he's at in reality, in my opinion. Uh, Paul? What are your thoughts about how he worked in the match? Uh, I'm a little more on on Sandra's side. Yeah, I th I thought he was good in the match. I don't know. Um, I see where you're coming from, Dylan. Uh, that, I you know, definitely you put, see. You. Yeah. If you put um, yeah, if you put Jackie or 
someone like that in this match, Daya. Daya, yes. Yeah, this would probably be even better. But uh, yeah, I, I liked it for what it was. Yeah. I can't criticize it because it's working, clearly, for the fans, but I can criticize it as a me, right? as, a, as, a, as a fan, ultimately. Uh, so I can't say, no, they shouldn't do this, because clearly it's working, and I think Big Hug has a lot of momentum, uh, you know, with Luis Monte as well. But I just, I didn't see anything here that made me, th- like, there was nothing special about his performance in this match, in my opinion, that, like, a million other guys couldn't have done. And I, I thought Shun was fantastic, and yeah. the crowd was very into it. I, uh, I so think that I, is why I like this match a lot. It's just Shun being fantastic. <laughs> but yeah. he was a big part of like making Hill like look so good, and, and the fans yeah. getting behind it. Like I said, because the fans were behind him even last month, even when the crowd was kind of dead for most of the show. He got one of the best reactions against uh, Ishin. Uh, you know, so I, it's not like he, like he's been consistently over. It's not the fans' connection is there with or without Shun. He took it to another level, and I thought his performance was so good. It made the match more interesting, and I think it was. Ultimately, you're right. It's one of the best heel match, if not the, the best. You know, it's it's up there. You know, so we'll see. But I just I I didn't see anything to make me think he was that special in this match. Is, is all I will say about that. Yeah. Uh, but of course, the big hanging uh, thread of this match was, of course, Jackie Funky Kame sitting ringside watching it, being forced to watch it almost. Uh, and being forced to be a shield for Shun Skywalker a lot uh, because Shun went over and u- used him basically as a shield. And after the match ended, everyone was like, Shun immediately went over to uh, Jackie in the great visual and just looked looked at him like, "Are you impressed? Choose uh, choose me," uh, kind of way. And this all led to Seabrats uh, all coming out. Uh, Monte coming out and all of Natural Vibes coming out and this whole thing like I, in my opinion like it's a great it's, it's a great moment and the fans in the building were great for it but in my head this makes no like there's no motivation as to why Jackie should choose either Monte or uh, Shun like, I totally agree. There's this, <laughs> yeah. there's this spot in this in this match where they make this like, oh, this big dramatic uh, because Big Boy Shimizu comes out and t- takes the mic and says, Jackie, hug me. I'm your friend. Hug uh, hug natural vibes. And then uh, Monte says, no, hug me. And Shun says, no, hug me. And they all stand behind him while he's just is in the middle of the ring and all of like reaching out their arms waiting for him to hug one of them. And the, it makes no sense for him to hug Monte, the guy that was beating him up like an hour before this. <laughs> it makes yeah. no sense for him to hug Shun Skywalker, who's just saying that he's he he that Jackie Funky Kami is his slave and his property. <laughs> of course, he's gonna hug Big Boss Shimizu, his friend, who's like he goes dancing with and goes to bars with and all whatever else they do <laughs> like it, it just makes no sense as to why it should hug Monte or Shun in this in this moment yeah the um the the literal hugs that were being offered was a little little too cute for me um yeah. I, it is very it is very dragon gate so i know you're going you got you're going you're going to get stuff like that sometimes but it's um i agree with your points and uh, I was a little disappointed that there wasn't 
more done at the end of this, yeah. but I, I get that you've got the Kung Fu I, Masters I, match coming up, and like, it's it's just going done. on a little long. I'd like it to. I'd like. Yeah. I, I really hope it wraps up soon. Yeah, I I just like it. It was wholesome. It was very like very wholesome, and of course the fans in the building loved it. But just as someone that follows the promotion and is very like wants some story, some storyline changes here and some mm -hmm. more like interesting stuff to happen, this was ended up just feeling like more of the same, but charming. Uh, Dylan, yeah. what do you think about this? Oh, 100% agree. Uh, I think that this is kind of like a great follow up to the main event because, like, for all of your accurate criticisms, this totally worked <laughs> at the end of the day. And they built up to this great dramatic moment. The problem is, it was fake. Like, it, it doesn't match up. Like, that's like that does not match the real emotions of everything we know watching this company. Uh, in my opinion. Well, not just my opinion, it's true. <laughs> like It's it's completely yeah. accurate uh, at the end of the day. Kind of similar to the, the main event. Again, if you had never watched DG before and you saw that match, I wouldn't be surprised. If, like, if this was your first ever show, you would probably come away thinking he was one of the best guys they had. But if you watch, if you've watched for years and years, that's why my opinion changed. And the same thing with this. If you, this was the first time you ever saw DG, you would think this was the culmination of an epic story, like with say, uh, so much emotion and drama pumped into it. But yeah. in reality, there's no, like you said, why would he do anything except what he did? Like, it would be stupid to do anything the other way around. Um, but it worked. So, it's, like, you know, who's to say at the end of the day? Like, this totally worked for the building. I don't, but I agree with you. I'm totally on your side on this, just me. Um, and even on a meta level as well, even though it wouldn't have made any sense, I think part of us, like, wanted Jackie to turn, like, maybe to big, not maybe not Zebras, but to big hug, just because it would give us something different. And yeah. I think we all want that yeah. for JFK, even though it doesn't make any sense. I, again, on the Easter Larry, me and Stringer were talking, he refused to make a big hug cage match profile because he was he was waiting for someone else to jo join, to for JFK to join. And he was very disappointed that he didn't join. And uh, now... The problem, the problem, of course, yeah. about, uh, like... I said this even before the match started, that the problem with this match is that Jackie can't really join Seabats or Big Hug yeah. now because <laughs> he is already booked to fa to challenge for the Twin Gate with his natural vibes partner, yeah. Jason Lee. <laughs> like, like yeah. it, it would just like of course it, they could do that, but it wouldn't make sense because they are going to try and win the titles back for Dragon Gate and uh, for win the titles back for Natural Vibes. Like, if this match had happened next month after the Twin Gate challenge, then I, it would have been a bit more drama here. Like, if this like whole angle had happened there. I just think that this whole thing needed so much more build-up. Yeah, to totally agree. Like, Again, all of your statements are factual. <laughs> like they're not even opinions. They're like yeah. they're completely facts. But the way they played it was like as if none of that was true. Like they, like they played it like it was this epic deal, and they needed him, and it, it was this big decision for him. I think it would have worked a lot better 
let's say somehow they did a battle royal like two weeks ago or something like that, and the winner gets a title shot, and he got a tag title shot, an you know a twenty eight shot on his own, but he had to pick his partner, and that was up in the air. That's so at that point you could. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You could have had guys come up and be like, oh, you and Hyo could go for the tag title, you know, the Twin Gates, if you join Big Hug, or, you know, or maybe in Zebrats, like, Shun would team with you to go for the Twin Gates. You would at least get a little bit of story building to give them reason to want him, and maybe he could think about, hey, maybe it is time for a change. Like, you could, you could build something for that in the same amount of time. They just didn't yeah. do anything like that. Like you said, they just announced it right away, <laughs> which kind of blows any kind of drama, again, for us, but... Uh, to the fans and maybe some people who maybe just started following recently, uh, it totally worked. So I don't know. I feel very conflicted about it. So, you I know, mean, it's, it worked, but it, uh, yeah, everything you're saying is right <laughs> at the end of the day. I'm still, I'm still pretty invested in seeing if there's going to be any follow through here. Uh, because I don't think it's over. <laughs> I, 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 I think there's a possibility of it, of it. it of something bigger happening after the Yokama. Uh, you know, to Paul's point, I totally agree with him. Like, it, it's dragged on long enough. Like, you got the big payoff with this. Like, you like you don't need anything more to it. I mean, unless they win the titles, <laughs> you know, somehow. I mean, I'd be cool. I'd be cool with that I mean, if, that, I, if that happened. I mean, fucking Kaito Kiyomiya doesn't really know that he's the champion because he refuses to bring it with him anywhere yeah. he goes. I was, yeah, this is. A t- <laughs> I I had so I was <laughs> I remember when I watched Wrestle Kingdom, and Katakimi yeah. did not come out with the Twin Gate. I was like, "Come on, bro! You're into or- the, the Tokyo Dome. You have the opportunity to promote this other promotion. Come on!" <laughs> he didn't even do it on the Noah Show. Like yeah. that, that was a torture match. So, like uh, the thing is though, that was clearly because of the injury. Like the Courage was going to win that match. Yeah. Like if if he yeah. that didn't happen that way. Uh, and maybe that maybe they will win the titles. Like the Kung Fu Masters, like beat some, they can pin Alejandro. <laughs> like we'll live with that if that happens. Uh, you know, I mean, I love it if they became the champions. They're like my two guys in the company, uh, so I would be all for that. Uh, we'll have to see if that comes to pass, though. But I think, like I said, they have a way that does take away the possibility of the Decourage versus Kaito and, and Alejandro title match, though, too. Um, you know, so I don't know what their plans are and what they're trying to build to. What's more important? Yeah, there's no update on how um, uh, Yoshioka is doing, so we don't know when he's gonna come back. But yeah, uh, that was uh, Cork and Hall, uh, the two back-to-back nights in Cork and Hall. I wish there had been more uh, of a storyline advancement here. Um, but yeah, uh, M3, the M3K disbanding uh, uh, news is big. Uh, I thought the ending segment here was worked well, but it made no sense. And uh, the as a whole, these two nights were pre- two pretty good shows if you put them ad- together, uh, kind of. And of course, one of them had like probably some, one of the top five matches of Dragon Gate's year at the end of the... Uh, I, I predict... That in December we're still going to be talking about Mochizuki versus Shingo. So yeah, uh, Ed, do you guys want to say anything more about these two Corkins? It was just a good, good start to the, uh, good start to the year for Dragon Gate with the uh, the Corkins. 
not like all timer Corkins, but I thought they were both strong and they've got me yeah. uh, invested moving forward. Yeah, for sure. You had the amazing Mochizuki and Shingo match, and despite our valid criticisms of it, they at least accomplished something with the Jackie thing. Like they, they moved something forward. And I think that's more than we were getting for a while there. So I still think they've got some positive momentum uh, going to the end of the oh, month shows, which is going to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, overall, th- this was a, a thumbs up, like successful run here for them, even though I did have some nits to pick on some of these shows. But still, overall, a thumbs up, definitely positive momentum for DG going forward. Yeah. Uh, so. Let's t- uh, look at the Gate of Bayside card. Uh, we now have the full card. Um, we are, of course, going to be doing the predictions and all of that in the week before the show happens, so not yet, and when Neonic is here. But right now, the, here it is uh, January 27th. That is a Saturday in Yokohama Budokan. First, the first time Dragon Gate has ever been in that building. Uh, Opener and on my birthday as well. Oh hell yeah! Uh, opener, D Courage, Madoka Kikura, Dragon Daya, and Ryo Tanaka versus Don Fuji, Kaito Nagano, and Daiki Yanaguchi. Interesting to see the former Dream Gate champion, the most recent Dream Gate champion, in, now in the opener. Uh, that's okay, I guess. I I I would have preferred if he had been in the Mochizuki Junior comeback match, but uh, facing him. Yeah. Let's not talk about that right now, but yeah. <laughs> Next match, uh, UT versus Gianni Villetta. Will UT be the one to uh, get the big win over Gianni Villetta? Probably not, knowing UT's history. Um, then, the Mochizuki Juniors uh, comeback, 8-man tag. All of M3K versus Ultimate Dragon, Dragon Kid, BB Hulk, and Takeshi Yoshida. See, here we could have had uh, Madoka Kikura instead of Yoshida. Like, yeah. <laughs> then a tag match Kota Minora, Ben K, T Muscle of Go-, Go Class take on Yamato and Shuji Kondo, keeping on with the Kota Minora and Yamato story that they're doing. Then open the Brave Gate uh, title match, Hyo defending against Kagetora. Then the open the Twin Gate title match. No, uh, open the Triangle Gate title match, I'm sorry, of Natural uh, no natural Vibes, KCD, Big Boss, Shimizu, and Storm Machine J, challenging Seabrass, Ishin, Kai, and Yoshiki Kato. And then the Twin Gate match, the Noah team of Kaito Kiyomiya and Alejandro defending versus Kung Fu Masters, Jason Lee, and Jackie Funky Kame, who are opening a pop-up shop in Yokohama. And then the main event. Luis Monte versus Shun Skywalker for the Open the Dream Gate title. Basically a rematch of Final Gate, but without Madoku Kikura. And yeah, that's the whole card. I am. I'm still, like, even before this whole. any match was announced for this Yokomo Budokan show, I was pretty much looking forward to it because I think having a big show at the start of the year is always good for any promotion. Yeah, for sure. It's always better than. You know, in years prior, it it feel like you know the first three three or four months of the year of Dragon Gate, it's like nothing's really going on. Uh, but I'm I'm looking forward to this show, and I really hope Shun wins. I I think it'd be for be- I think it'd be the best for Dragon Gate for and for Monte, uh, for for Shun to win the belt here. 
Hmm, that's an interesting. Yeah, I'm. I'm so. I am still. I'm still not sure if I would have had Monte win that final gate. I'm still not sure about. Yeah, that. I would not have had him win. I I th- I would have had him win at Kobe World, and I think yeah. he still could win at Kobe World if Shun beats him here. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I wouldn't have done it, but with with the fact that they did it, and we can't change it now, I yeah. agree with what Paul said. I think the best option is for Shun to win, and then rebuild back uh, to Monte and uh, getting the title, hopefully at, at Kobe World, as we speculated on uh, a few episodes before. Uh, so I think that that would be the option. That would be my prediction. But still, though, uh, Monte is the champion, and I mean, talent wise, you have to love the output he's putting out. I think he's doing some great work and doing a great job as champion. Uh, he's got a lot of momentum behind him, too. I could see the argument that you might not want to have him lose right now just because he's already got uh, some good momentum going. But we'll see what happens. And and like you said, too, uh, Sandre, I think it's a great thing to have a big show in January. You know, and like you and Paul were saying, before it was like the first quarter of the year was kind of like we're just waiting till we get to king you know king of gate or dead or alive maybe something like that a big moment and then now we at least have something to to get us right in the forefront and at a time where we're beyond wrestle kingdom we're beyond the big rush of all of the itinyan shows and we're at a spot where DG kind of gets his own big spot here. You know, it's like this is the big show that's happening at the time. So it's good for us, at least uh, covering it, that there yeah. won't be 10 different shows going on at the same time, like with Intigyan. But I, I'm, ex- I'm excited for it. I think they've done a pretty decent job of starting the year off in a good way. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so before we close this show, I want to just check in on some non-Dragon Gate, but similar kind of style promotions. Um, and of course, the first one here being uh, Osaka Pro, uh, which is a promotion in Osaka, of course. And uh, they had their New Year special 2024 show on the 7th of January. There is one match here that I really want to talk about, and one of the reasons why I wanted Paul to come on this episode, because he was the one that got me to watch this match. Um, it was in the main event, the Osaka Light Heavyweight title match. Ryoya Matsufusa, the champion, defending against the soon-to-be-retired Billy Ken Kid, who is 50 years old, has been with Osaka Pro for his whole career, basically, uh, and is a, one of the most... Like, like, I have not seen enough of him, but I can definitely tell you for that, I want to watch more of him, and I see. I have a feeling that this this guy is one of the most underrated guy guys in the pure in the scene ever. <laughs> because from what I've seen of him, it's awesome. And in this match, which is one of the one of the early match match of the year contenders on the indie scene, I highly recommend everyone to check this match out. Thirty minutes in. Uh, free on YouTube, and such an amazing job from both of these wrestlers. Paul, you got me to watch this. I'm very happy you did. What? First of all, what did? Uh, what do you know about Osaka Pro? What, uh, do you watch it uh, often? And what do you think about this match? 
Uh, well, I watch it when it makes tape for the past year yeah. I've been following it, but it doesn't it doesn't make tape a ton. Uh, you know, they've got like a they've got like a monthly one hour show that mostly shows clips, and then they'll have like maybe three or four full shows that make uh, that get uploaded on like YouTube uh, every year or so. Um, so I'm I'm relatively well versed in Osaka Pro, uh, and going into the, this match. Um, or watching this match, I don't know. I don't know if this is a hot take or um, controversial, but I I actually liked this match a little more than Shingo Mochizuki. I thought this match was incredible, and I think it, I think it's my current match of the year. Uh, probably won't stay that way, but it, but it is right now. Um, and I just thought I thought Matsufusa uh, gave an incredible selling performance. This was a leg match. Uh, and uh, we got to see this crafty veteran, Kendo Kashin, who's, uh, oh shit, not Ken, what, what's his fucking name? Billy Ken, Billy Ken Kid. <laughs> yeah, um, we got to see Billy Ken Kid, who's uh, retiring in uh, April, so this might be his last big shot, his, his last title match. Uh, and he just went all out for it, just, just ripping apart this kid's uh, leg uh, with all his different moves. And Billy Ken Kid started off in... Mexico, he was trained in Mexico, debuted in AAA before he moved to Osaka Pro a few years into his career. Um, and he knew a lot of, uh, you could tell he was from Mexico because he was using all these interesting Yabe holds to just rip apart this guy's leg. And it's just amazing to see uh, Matsufusa go through this match and try to uh, try to get to victory almost on one leg. He had to, you saw him on so many occasions, whether he was on the top rope or... Uh, you know, doing some move that he had to uh, adjust to uh, to sell for his leg, and it was just it was just gripping to see. I was just hooked the whole way, and I just yeah, it's it's it was just an incredible uh, match to to follow. Uh, Dylan, you are you are uh, you know more of Billy King Kid than probably both me and uh, Paul. Uh, what did you think about this? Yeah, I this is another one of those things I. I really have a lot of nostalgia watching Opro. Uh, that was one of the companies I was really big in 15 years ago or so when I first started watching Japanese wrestling. Um, they were like such a great, like, unique style of wrestling that really got to branch off a little bit. Um, most notably with Kotege and Harada and Noah. Uh, the big guns in all Japan came from o- Osaka as well. Uh, and Zeus runs Osaka Pro, uh, obviously now. Um, Billy Kenkin was a guy, he was a veteran even back then when I first started watching. Like He was like the indie, one of the indie dudes, you know, pretty much of that that crop. Uh, people like Subasa, who was also on the show, was one of those. Uh, Yoshitsune Sugi-san was another guy like that that was just like all over the place. Like indie high flyer in Japan. Uh, never really had a big run, you know, like for any major, like, you know, New Japan or anything like that title. Um, he would pop in here and there in like a no one and all Japan here and then just as a tour guy. But I always look at him as the definitive indie junior. And now to see him when God, he's 50 years old at this point and about to retire, like Paul said, uh, is such a trip. Uh, Matsufusa, uh, he's a guy that. He's another one that started off, uh, you know, the thing with Opro uh, is that you look at the history of the company, right? 
And it started as, like, in Michinoku Pro, this guy, Super Delphin, uh, started off and spun off into his own company, which was Osaka Pro, uh, obviously. And then he left Osaka Pro and started his own, own secondary company uh, called Dotenbori Pro. And then he left that as well uh, uh, later on. But it's like all of these guys have the fingerprints of Super Delphin from Osaka Pro and Dotenbori. And uh, Matsufusa comes from Dotenbori uh, originally. Um, so he's like a, you know, he's got the lineage, even if he didn't start there technically. Uh, and now coming in as the champion, these guys were great. I thought that this match was so good. Totally different than the Billy Ken kid of the past, uh, the way he works as the veteran guy here. Uh, much more grounded. Like like Paul said, it was very much a leg match. And Matsufusa's selling was really on point and perfect here uh, to bring back to the old school lineage that they had in the uh, when Osaka Pro was starting in the Michinoku Pro spinoff days. And uh, I thought it was really good. Uh, and I really like uh, how different it was, especially by... Like, I actually thought the first half of the match, this was the right match, because I think a lot of times in modern wrestling, especially in big companies like New Japan, the big way people work matches now is that, okay, maybe the first... 80% of the match is basically boring. It doesn't mean anything. doesn't even matter. They turn it up the last 5 or 10 minutes, and then it gets a 5-star rating. Like, a lot of times. Uh, that's kind of the style nowadays. This match was the rare match where I actually thought the first 80% was better than the ending portion. Uh, because it was just so focused, so well done for Billy Kin Kid. Uh, it was really good uh, here, and I think that... Uh, overall, the the ending stretch I didn't think was as good as the first part. So I think it's a rare match in that sense. It's kind of unique in its own style, but still, I would say this was a great match. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and I like that it had a unique style, especially for junior heavyweights. Uh, it was a unique style for the Billy Kin Kid of the past, and Matsufusa, Matsufusa looked great in it as well. So I thought this match had a little yeah. bit of everything. I wouldn't say it was uh, the best match of the year for me, but I still think it was well worth watching. I think anybody should give it a chance. So, yeah, I can agree with um, your your the uh, the ending stretch not being quite as good as the rest of it. I, I can see where you're coming from that. I did think there were a few spots near the end where... Maybe Matsufuso was a little sloppy, or maybe his strikes didn't totally connect. I think in yeah. my head I was rationalizing that as well. They're selling the exhaustion of exhaustion of the match, and so I could kind of look past it. But I see. What yeah, it doesn't ruin. Going. It doesn't ruin the match or anything. I just I thought the first eighty percent was like great, great. You know, at that match of the year level, and then the ending mm -hmm. stretch wasn't as good as that. So it it brought it down a little bit. It's still a great match. I'm not slandering it at all. I just would put it a level below what you had it. That's all. Sure, sure. Um, I, I, I love this match. I like it. I, I uh, definitely have this very high uh, up for matches of the month right now. And I just wanted like Vioya Matsufusa, who I now know is like his official in ring debut was in twenty twenty during the pandemic. Uh, he's twenty five years old. He's born in ninety eight, like me. And I thought that this guy is someone that I will be watching out for uh, on the indie scene. Because he could be pretty, he could continue to be pretty good. Uh, and from what, after this match, I just want to watch more of him. Because this is some of the best leg selling I've ever seen. 
I like so so usual for someone when they're selling a body part is yelling loud or ignoring the body part when it, it's their turn to take o take over the match and start doing their moves. But here, we uh, kind of try to do this like he he. It looks like he's very like knee based, and he tried to go for like knee attacks like. Uh, v triggers and stuff like that, like those kind of moves, and the the leg just wouldn't let him do it, and he he continued to fail on them, and the the moves looked less and less hurt for, hurtful for it for him. Those knee those knee strikes, and I thought that was such a good job of selling the knee, and yeah, it, it the whole ending stretch, the that injury or like that. The, the work that had been done on the knee kind of like Vera sold it like it was consuming all of his momentum and I loved it yeah but yeah uh, definitely check it out free on YouTube uh, I can't recommend it enough I I would be checking back in with Osaka Pro when it gets uploaded more this year and uh, definitely because of course, Billy King Kid being on his retirement tour right now. I hope he pops up in other promotions uh, while uh, on this retirement tour because that, that would give me a more bigger chance to watch him before he. Also, I did want to say at that point too, uh, they did also put up their Christmas show uh, from a couple of weeks ago too on there. If you want to check that out as well, um, it, they did have a title match like they did. It was the main event was a six man tag. Uh, Billy Kin was Kin Kid was in the semi main. It was him and Masa, Masamune versus Matsufusa and Subasa, which is a really good tag build up match as well that they had. Uh, hopefully, they this becomes more of a regular thing uh, since they yeah. they did both of the shows back to back, which is something they don't they don't usually do. Hopefully, it's something where we could get it. Maybe not every show, but hopefully at least once a month we get a big Osaka Pro show. Yeah, I th I, I definitely like that they are uploading for free on YouTube. Like, do more of that, please. Like, I would even pay for a YouTube membership. Like, sure. Yeah. Uh, to connect it back to uh, Dragon Gate a little bit, also, uh, Billy Kinkid, the original trainer of uh, Ryuya Tanaka before he joined the Dragon Gate dojo. So, hopefully, oh. you can produce more guys like that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely recommend checking that out. Uh, no DDT talk this week. We will be saving that for uh, next week because there's a lot of teasing of uh, upcoming stuff. Um, and some something happened on the show that was taped today, but that show didn't uh, isn't uh, will one isn't out yet. So I don't want to spoil uh, for the people who don't know. And they are teasing a big uh, press conference tomorrow on Monday. So all of that will be saved for next week. And well, Yannick will be back for that. So that will be it for this uh, week. I also want to shout out uh, Musashi. Has uh, Michinoku Pro's uh, Musashi has now announced that he's depart departing from Michinoku Pro uh, to take on a new challenge. That could mean that he could show up in uh, other promotions. Um, I think the most likely one would be, and the more the one where this most the most interest in signing him would probably be New Japan because he worked for uh, their their junior tag league last year. But there is a slight possibility of being of him having interest in either Dragon Gate or DDT, 
Uh, he worked both uh, promotions last week, uh, last year. I mean, in uh, dif- different matches, and I would, I think, I would definitely like to see Musashi showing up in Dragon Gate. Yeah, I love Musashi. I think he's, I think he's great, and I think he'll, uh, yeah, he'll. I think New Japan's the favorite, but he'll, he'll benefit yeah. whatever promotion he goes to. Yeah, for sure. And uh, again, it will be a bigger chance of us watching Misashi matches because, uh, of course, uh, Michinoku Pro is very, very. They don't, they don't make tape often. But yeah. <laughs> so that that's exciting news. Uh, Paul, thank you for coming on this week. Where can people find you? Uh, yeah, so I'm on Twitter at uh, Paul E Wedding. Uh, I also have I have a Substack wrestling blog that I that I update uh, semi regularly. I'm gonna be writing a couple articles coming up uh, soon. Uh, it's called uh, Paul Wedding Fujiwara Gumi, and you can find it at pwfg.substack.com. And uh, I love that name, so good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I was pretty proud of it. But uh, yeah, those those are the two plugs I have. And uh, just yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I actually want to shout out some some of the stuff on that uh, you've done on your uh, Substack that I love. Oh, I thank you. Absolutely loved the Crazy Max versus Michinoku Pro twenty five years later uh, retrospective. Yes, that is. Thank you. Uh, like Dylan, if you have not read that, you should definitely read that. That's a great, a great little series he, uh, Paul wrote, and yeah, um, so so thankful to have you on uh, this week. I am. It, it it's been a long time coming because like we've we've been interacting for like a, a good one and a half years now. So I just kind of want, kind of always want to bring bring on new eyes to our uh, platform, new voices. I mean, <laughs> Dylan, do you have any? He's got of... eyes too. True. <laughs> uh, first of all, I want to say. Uh, thank you so so much for coming on the show, Paul. Uh, we really appreciate that. Um, and I definitely appreciate it as well. I so appreciate your writing. Uh, and the stuff we're talking about today is kind of, there's a lot of nostalgia-filled stuff we we talked about on this show itself. Uh, stuff that was bigger years ago and stuff like Crazy Max and Impro. That was from a, an era that's not widely talked about these days, unfortunately, even though there's a lot of great stuff about it. So I love historical content like that. When it comes to Japanese wrestling, and uh, thank you so so much for covering that and writing about it, uh, sure. and the PWFG name as well. Uh, I, I, I would need to start, I would need to start a counter substack uh, based on rings <laughs> somehow now <laughs> to, to, to to take you out. Uh, but no, no. Uh, uh, if you want to check more of me out, uh, I've got two award shows uh, that just dropped. Uh, one yesterday, one today. Uh, as we speak, it's the weekend it, of awards. It's funny because it's like it's in within like a week of us doing our awards for this show. Well, that's right. See, look, the dramatic dream dragons. They we beat the curve a little bit on yeah. the other shows. We had our awards first, uh, but Wrestle Update and Eastern Lariat. Wrestle Update covers America. We had a little bit of international awards. I snuck a few in there uh, just to make Nello happy, uh, pretty much. But, but also myself. Uh, we that show is nuts. I, I, I will say that uh, right away. 
I recorded it. I knew it would be, and then it lived up to all of my expectations. So, uh, if there's one episode of Wrestle Update you listen, if you don't like American wrestling, I don't care. Listen to it anyway. I think you'll like how it goes uh, with a lot of the stuff we say on there. Uh, I think you'll be impressed. I really do. Uh, the Eastern Larian Awards are a little bit more serious. Uh, we have uh, so many votes uh, out there for that. Tons of people voted on the awards. Uh, and it meant so much to me personally that we were able to dramatically increase our our voters from last year. Uh, we had we made the awards more serious this year. We got new names. We had uh, the first ever edition of Hall of Fame. That's a show I really would like everybody to listen to towards the very end. I know it's a little long, but that one you definitely want to catch till the end for the Hall of Fame inductions. Uh, I think you'll really like it, and I think I hope I hope everybody does. So check those shows out. Oh, and I had an episode of Lucha Talk too. Uh, we didn't really have an awards show. It was very laid back. Me and Micro had a lot of fun, though. If y'all want to hear about the best of Lucha from 2023, check out Lucha Talk. We gave a lot of recommendations, like 20 from CMLL and like one or two maybe from AAA. Uh, how, and how many from IWRG, though? That's we cool. talked about IWRG on, on the show and how dead it is, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, we had like a 10 to 15 minute discussion on the Indies of Mexico and how... They are non-existent <laughs> practically at this point. Yep. Uh, but hey, DTU still kicking <laughs> after, after all these years, uh, pretty much. Uh, so uh, we covered everything in Lucha, even uh, the Luchadors around the world too. The stuff going on and the American companies, uh, and also in Japan as well. There's been a big Lucha influence in the like New Japan. Obviously, Fantastica Mania coming up next month. So we okay. covered a little bit of everything. Look at the Dreamgate champion. Look at the Dreamgate. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, look at the Dreamgate champion uh, Luis Monte. You got to give it up uh, to him, uh, former CMLO guy, uh, and, and everything else. So, yeah, uh, check those shows out, especially the award shows. Uh, like you really want to give those a listen. I think you'll really enjoy them if you if you're a fan of wrestling like that. So, uh, yeah. thank you guys for all that, and uh, yeah, and, and hopefully you all enjoy it as well. So, uh, thank you all so much. It it is funny because I start I for. Like three years, I was just a fan of Dylan and and uh, the scenario, and now I'm why? Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> thanks to that, I I we started this show, so you know. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, and you've done a great job, and I've, as I always say, I'm really proud of you guys uh, for how far you've come. Yeah, and I've over, all, also done a lot of other stuff this week. Uh, <laughs> I did actor stage episode three, covering all of 2023 for uh, actress uh, girls. It was kind of like a pair is the, the best stuff to check out from Actress Girls in 2023. Me, Velke, and we had a guest on. Uh, Rich uh, Salgibrone was on. And yeah, that three people that watched a lot of Actress Girls, uh, all of the Actress Girls shows of 2023, giving their opinion on the, the year they had, which was like the best Joshi company of 2023. And... Um, so I did that. That's on the Five Star Network YouTube channel. And tomorrow, uh, or maybe before this episode drops, there, I there will be an episode of Puro Gems where me and uh, Peps will go through all of the stuff that happened in all in like all Japan, uh, like the the year in awards for all Japan, uh, Big Japan, all the indie uh, indie companies, Sendai Girls, all of all of them. That kind of stuff. We went through a lot. There's a lot of praise for Kento Miyahara on that show. <laughs> Just be warned if you are a Kento hater. But yeah. Peps, uh, peps, peps. I will be on Pure Gems again, I promise. Uh, please do not threaten to send Micah after me 
or anybody else you've got uh, under you. I will do great things for Puro Gems one day. I w- with Sandre and Peps, of course. Love that guy. Love Puro Gems. I've been out there multiple times. But I, I will think, again, I promise. I think you need to send him a message and say that because there's no way he is still listening to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> no confidence in yourself, Sandre. I, I just praised no, you. No, no, no. I know Peps. I know he will have dropped out immediately when we st- started doing our progs. <laughs> That's how damn he you, is. damn you, Peps. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for this week. It was fun. Until next week, as always, be ready, wake up, and go.